Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Friday, June 10th, 2022, and this episode covers today's best Major League Baseball bets. I'll briefly touch on the remaining games at the end of the show in extra innings. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability, hitter and pitcher projections, and I analyze weather data in order to make one pick, one pick only on every game that's played Monday through Saturday. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same. I'm just giving you the information as to what I like the most, where my head is for each matchup. As you go through the plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to help you decide which picks you might want to play and how I recommend scaling wagers. With that in mind, please understand that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality. For any gambler, yesterday was just the wonkiest variance. I, I, I don't remember seeing the day quite like yesterday in a long time. We had the White Sox situation, giving up six unearned runs with two outs in the fifth. That's just an impressive feat on its own. We had the rare strikeout past ball scores, uh, ends up leading to two runs in Milwaukee, and that uh, turns a win into a push. You had whatever the heck happened with Tony Larusa, who decides that a batter gets to a one-two count, and then you want to intentionally walk him when you get two strikes on a hitter. You have a huge advantage, especially two strikes and only one ball. Uh, you had Garrett Cole, who had been just fantastic, and I talked about the Twins' offense. You know, I think. You know, it's pretty good offense. They just haven't been healthy. Uh, they've had, you know, some COVID issues and some injuries, and they just can't quite get everybody going. And they finally, you know, are starting to maybe put it together here, you know, and then all of a sudden that happens. And even in my wildest dreams of the Twins offense putting it together when I've not seen that coming. But the Yankees, of course, just go out and score, you know, a billion runs themselves. Uh, just a walkie day yesterday. We escaped uh, down two units, basically break even. Uh, you know, we were wagering – you know, 30-ish units a day, uh, down two units is, is rounding error. Uh, so I guess that's a good thing <laughs> that after all the craziness, uh, it didn't end up worse than that. Uh, just a weird day in baseball. Hopefully today's a little bit more normal as much as we got a lot of giggles out of the weirdness of that. Uh, and there's probably several things I didn't even mention. Um, hopefully today's a little bit less crazy uh, for us. And before we get to that slate, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you're not yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way is when you turn notifications on to ensure that you don't miss any college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. And we'll get right to it here today. 7.05 Eastern first pitch. Diamondbacks at the Phillies. Nice night in Philadelphia. Upper 70s to start, low 70s to finish. Winds blowing either across or won't be very strong. Maybe a little bit out towards the end of the game, but under five miles an hour. There's no real... Wind effect. Weather-wise, we're ta- or temperature-wise, maybe a slight boost to the bats early on as we get into the upper 70s, but probably more just a neutral environment. Not as pitcher-friendly as we saw in April, but not what we could be seeing here in June, what we'll likely see in, in July and August. Um, in what's traditionally been a fairly neutral park, you see that park factor there uh, that I'm using for Philadelphia of 100. But this year and uh, I believe last year as well, uh, turned into kind of a pitcher's park there in Philadelphia. So something to keep an eye on, especially as we start scoring more and more runs 
um, as the weather warms up. That may not be a trend that holds on aggregate in Philadelphia quite as much as in some other places, at least as it was several years ago. Two good pitchers on the mound today, Zach Gallon and Kyle Gibson. Uh, Gallon, you know, 240 ERA this season, probably not that good. But again, I'm not saying much with that advanced metric, still very good. His projection still puts him uh, in, in a very good category. Um, his uh, advanced metrics put him more like at a 3.5 ERA. The projection's more like a 3.8, still very good. Kyle Gibson, on the other hand, is a pitcher who at the start of the year, I was mostly interested in fading. I had, you know, the, the model didn't like him as much, said what he had been doing previously was kind of a mirage and he wasn't that good. This year, we've that's slowly changed, and it's kind of been the mirror story of that. He's got a, about a four and a half ERA, but the advanced metrics say that should be about a full run lower. The projection for him is somewhere in the middle, but he projects to be a little bit better than average. If you look at just the rate stats, if you ignore just kind of that recent result, bad luck projects to be, um, you know, not as good as gallon, of course, but at least closer than the ERAs would indicate. Again, just basically the opposite story of Gibson. It's almost like if you put last year's numbers and this year's numbers together, they tell a very consistent story. It's just last year he got more results, even though the underlying metrics weren't as good. This year the underlying metrics are better, but the results aren't there. So kind of just an interesting crisscross for him. And this is why we look at multiple years data, because I think the truth is the aggregate of all of that, which is why I said I project him to be a little bit better than average, but not, not as good as last year, but not as bad as that 440 ERA would indicate. Model says Phillies minus 138, and so it would indicate an edge on the Phillies. I don't think it's a bad idea to play the Phillies at minus 132. I do hate fading Gallant, and I hate fading this Diamondbacks team that's kind of been frisky here um, recently. I'm not really buying too much into this Phillies hot streak. I'm not really buying too much into the whole Girardi thing. They underperformed earlier in the season. They weren't that bad. Now they're not this good. Uh, the truth, kind of like I said with Gibson, is in between. Um, and this is why sometimes firing your manager is you know, doing something just to do something. Um, there is potentially some motivation factors from communication. A manager definitely has some input there. But otherwise, a manager doesn't do a whole lot. You know, it's the players that really do. And, and the, again, the Phillies weren't as bad as they were earlier. They're not as good as this. I think they're a good team. I thought they were a good team the whole time. Um, I think minus 132 is a little short. So I think backing the Phillies makes a lot of sense at that number. Instead, I'm going to go first five under four. A great pick for me. I love the push protection here. I love the odds that we're not having to lay juice for that. This is a situation where I expected the number to be four, but I expected to have to lay juice with it. Um, we'll talk about another situation later. I kind of expect it to be that minus 120, minus 125, and I was okay paying that, but that was only a like and not a love. But at this number with the odds, I love this. I love that we don't have to pay that extra premium for that push. Two pitchers that I think are pretty solid. I think, uh, again, Philadelphia becoming more of a pitcher-friendly stadium. I think it stays a little bit lower scoring early on. I don't want any part of either one of these bullpens. And so I want to get a dodge. Full game totals eight. I don't think it's a bad look, but I'd rather just be done with it. I know there's a little bit more variability. One home run can really throw things off in these first five plays, but I'd rather deal with that than deal with these bullpens. So first five under four, minus 105. A great pick for me there in Philadelphia. 7 to 5 Eastern first pitch, Brewers at the Nationals. Nice night in Washington. We'll start off about 80 degrees. We'll close in the low 70s. 
No wind to speak of in this game. It'll stay under five miles an hour. Aaron Ashby versus Eric Fetty. Y'all know I love Ashby a lot. He projects on a rate metric standpoint just to be fantastic. He's getting a little bit of a ding in the metrics because uh, the model is only pegging him to go about four and a half innings. Part of that is because of the fact that he's been using the bullpen more. I've mentioned this before. I don't have a, a manual override in the model. I don't want to deal with that with how many baseball players there are. That would be too complicated to try to figure out. Um, I, I think he's probably got a little more length in him than the model realizes just because of how they've used him. And so this is just a situation where um, in reality, I think he's probably got about an extra inning in him and that would make his rating a little bit higher. Um, but I really like Ashby a lot. Again, his rate metrics uh, are, are very good and project very good. I mean, his ERA, his advanced metrics, and his projection all around three. Just a fantastic pitcher. I really like this kid. Versus Eric Fetty, who has a high four ERA. His advanced metrics, not quite that bad, but his projection isn't really that much better. Just a very meh pitcher, a little below average, just nothing to get excited about there. Nothing to get excited about with the Nationals offense, other than, of course, Soto. And nothing to get excited about their bullpen. Brewers definitely have an edge in this one. Model says minus 159. I think the model is selling the Brewers short, like I mentioned uh it doesn't know it's dinging ashby because of the link that's partially because this the brewers didn't have him opening in the rotation to start the season so i think the model's selling the brewers short i'm on the brewers at minus 169 it's a b grade pick for me and this is about the limit that i want on the b grade pick at some point we're losing value and we're losing it quickly maybe low 70s but once it gets to the mid 170s upper 170s i think most of the value zapped then it's a, then it's a lean it's a c grade pick just if you want the action or it's a pass i think the number is just getting a little bit high but i still think there's value with this number like i said you'll see the model saying minus 159 for the brewers but the model selling ashby short and that's just one of those things where we have to understand what the model's doing that's why i'm here to help communicate that to you if the model gave ashby another inning it would say the Brewers should be bigger favorites than that. So I like the Brewers minus 169, maybe minus low 70s. That's about the limit because I just don't like paying a bigger price than that in this situation on the road. But again, I think the Brewers are the right side. They've got an edge on every side of the ball here on this one. So be a great pick for me on the Brewers just because I think we don't have great value on the number. It's just why it's not an A grade play for me. 7-5 Eastern first pitch, Cubs at the Yankees. Nice night in New York. You hear me say that a lot today. Nice weather across the country. If, if you're in one of these cities and want to get out and watch some baseball, uh, tonight would be a great night to do it. We're going to start off in the upper 70s, going to close in the lower 70s. A little bit of a wind out to right field and right center. Five to ten miles an hour. It's going to be stronger early on than later. So runs will be a little bit easier to come by earlier in the game than later in the game, just based solely off the weather. Wade Miley versus Luis Severino. Miley's pitched three times this season. Good results. Decent advanced metrics. The model's not really going too crazy about that, though. We have a lot of history on Miley to suggest he's an average pitcher. He's going to eat some innings, and that's solid. I mean, every team needs pitchers like that, so no insult to him there. Um, you know, I, we kind of mentioned this with Cousin Jerry Dishley, right? You know, most of us listening to this, you know, would love to be able to be a guy who goes out there and just eats innings for a major league baseball team, right? Uh, but just kind of an average pitcher. Uh, again, I'm not looking too deeply into his numbers in these three games and and changing what my belief was on him coming into the season. Uh, versus Luis Severino, who has had a fantastic year. Every time he goes out, he pitches better than the last, it seems like. 
good advanced metrics. The projection just keeps getting better. His rating just keeps improving um, time in and time out. Model says Yankees minus 235. That would offer no advantage on either side right now. You could look Yankees run line. Um, they sure score enough runs that makes you feel a little more, more, more comfortable doing that. Obviously, run line uh, as the run line favorite for the home team is less exciting than the road team. Um, so that's kind of why I'm not going that direction for my main play here. My 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 pick is the Yankees to score a lot of runs. They've scored a lot of runs here recently. Um, they're finally all healthy all together, and the weather's not super cold. Um, that was part of their big problem in April and May is that we just had colder weather across baseball, but especially up in the Northeast. And these guys really rely on the warmer weather because they hit a lot of home runs. And I want to make sure we hear this right. You know, you have – guy like Judge and guy, guy like Stanton, I mean, those guys can hit the ball a mile. But they also rely on strength hitting fly balls. And if they just miss in the warmer weather or wind blowing out, a warning track fly ball becoming a home run, they hit a lot of home runs like that too, right? They hit their no doubters. It doesn't matter what you're, what you're doing. But that's how you get to 40 home runs, 50 home runs is also just I'm hitting a lot of fly balls and I've got a lot of strength, and I can get some of those warning track balls out. And when the weather's just knocking those down earlier in the season, um, that's going to really affect a team that thrives off the home run like these Yankees do. Their offense seems to really be rolling right now. I don't want to go against their offense at all. Official picks over five and a half runs at plus 118. It's a B-grade pick for me. It's kind of a B-plus pick, and it really depends on what odds you're looking at, where you're shopping around. If you only have one book, you can always encourage people to have multiple books and shop around. Remember to check those links out in the show's description or hit the website up uh, to make sure you're shopping around because different books offer different numbers. Some of them offer the whole numbers, and so you have that push protection. Um, some of them stick to the halves, and you've got lots of juice both ways. Some of them have you know, two numbers for these, depending on what you're looking at and how you're shopping around. If you're going over four and a half, you're probably going to have to lay something like minus 140. It's kind of the same thing. I either am comfortable laying more than two units to win the two, or I'm comfortable laying the two to win more than two. Um, like I said, a B plus type pick, either one there. It's just all about your personal preference. If you have an option of over five, that's probably my favorite just because I like the balance of both, right? Where the odds aren't too you know, I like the number at four and a half, but I don't like the odds. I like the odds here at five and a half, but I don't like the number. Maybe if you have an option over five, it's the best of both worlds. It's all about personal preference. So I think the Yankees can score. Miley's just an average pitcher, and the way the Yankees' offense is going, they're going to crush average pitching. I think they can score plenty of runs tonight. I like the Yankees over five and a half. Plus 118 is a B-grade play for me. 17 Eastern first pitch, Athletics at the Guardians. Guardians scared us a little bit last night, falling down twice, but came back and scored plenty of runs. Talked about yesterday, the athletics, starting pitcher, relievers, all bad yesterday. Thankfully, that proved to be true. Tonight, we'll be in the low 70s to start off in Cleveland, upper 60s to close. Some rain around, but it doesn't seem like it'll affect things too much. No wind to speak of. Paul Blackburn versus Tristan McKenzie. Blackburn is a little bit better than McKenzie, not by much. But, I mean, I'm going to say one thing about these two pitchers combined because the story is exactly the same for both of them. It is pitchers who have performed very well, advanced metrics, not as impressive, but maybe makes you wonder how real this is, and a projection that just says, I don't buy it yet. How accurate is that? It's hard to say. This is the point of the season where we start looking at those 
we, we still really don't look at ERA much. The ERA is just great to tell us what happened, but it doesn't really affect any of our projections, any of our thought process. It's just a, an interesting, here's how they have literally performed. This is the point of the season, though, where we look at those underlying metrics and you start saying, hey, we're getting more data and saying this is kind of more who they are this year. Maybe they made some changes in the offseason. This is something that maybe we can start believing in and we start looking at that projection with previous year's data and we start trying to figure out should it be updated a little bit quicker? And that's a question you have to ask yourself on any of these pitchers whenever you're backing one or fading one. I tend to think that these guys are a little bit better than their projection. I like both of them. I, I, their underlying metrics, especially with Blackbird's underlying metrics, are fantastic. McKenzie's trail a little bit, but McKenzie's a guy who I really like his stuff, and that always plays well. So I, 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 I'm tentatively believing in both of these pitchers. The model is still skeptical. The model just says, meh, these guys are average, but – kind of like both of these pitchers i don't like the athletics bullpen though so anything that promotes a's pitching for me is first five only looking because i just don't want to mess with that bullpen it is so bad i'm going first five under four minus 110 it's a b pick i just can't be overly confident because the model is just very skeptical of both of these guys but i think it's the right number Weather being a little bit chillier, it's not really cold, but it's just not quite as warm as some places around the country where we're getting into the upper 70s, low 80s, being around 70 degrees for most of this action here. I think under four is the right side. I like this one. I just I just can't fully get there knowing that the model doesn't trust either one of these pitchers. On the side, Guardians minus 171 is the number the model thinks is right. So I'm seeing a price of minus 161. I think that's also a good play. That would be my secondary play on this one is just Guardians on the money line laying that minus 161. That would be a B-grade pick as well. I don't love laying that type of number. I don't love laying that number against Blackbird, who's been so good. And again, advanced metrics are pretty positive. So that's why I'm going with the first five under four because I believe – in Blackbird rather than Guardians minus 161. But I do think the Guardians are, again, if the starting pitchers are mostly awash, the Guardians have a better bullpen, better offense at home. They're probably the right side. If I was looking here, I might go one option would be keep this first five under four and then look for some live action once we get later in the game, depending on what the number is and what the score is. Um, thinking the Guardians will maybe win the second half of the game, right? Or maybe you can get a, get a play in. Some books will offer, you know, second half type plays, you know, last five or something before the game even starts. Um, I think the Guardians have a huge edge on the back half of the game. But the first half, I think it's going to be probably more low scoring, more of toss-up-y. And so not knowing how that's going to set us up, 161 is just a little much to lay personally, even though the model says that's the right play. So it'd be my secondary pick, something with the Guardians. Uh, but I like this first drive under four a little better, and that's a B-grade play for me there in Cleveland. 720 is your first pitch. Pirates at the Braves. Squeaked by that Braves run line yesterday, a 3-1 to one game. Tonight looks like another nice night. Atlanta here, we've got low 80s to start, upper 70s to close. Maybe a slight breeze out, but it'll stay probably five miles an hour or under. So maybe a slight boost to the bats, but it won't be a ton Renzi Contreras versus Spencer Strider. I really like both these starting pitchers. Um, Contreras has been fantastic. I've watched him as a prospect comes up. He's been a guy I've kept my eye on. He's looked great so far in his six outings. Advanced metrics, not as good as that sub-2 ERA, but in the low threes. His projections in the high threes and just getting better every time he goes out there. 
Again, I really like this pitcher for the Pirates. Strider, we've talked about before, as he's become a starter instead of a long inning guy. Still good results. Advanced metrics actually better than his 276 ERA. Projects more in the mid three range. It's a little bit of a knock because of the um, innings penalty, but I really like both of these pitchers. I'm not sure either one of them is going to get through five, but they should at least get us four. And if they're rolling, they should be able to get to that fifth inning. Neither one's a guy that I really think is going to go out and go seven. Um, model says Braves minus 198. So basically anything that starts with a one is an edge on the Braves. I think it's probably fair, but I really feel a lot like this game, like the one I just talked about in Cleveland. I think it's going to be kind of a low-scoring, toss-up-y type situation early on with two pitchers that I like. And then after that, it's edge Braves. Um, Pirates bullpen, you know, below average. Pirates offense, really bad. I don't see the Pirates scoring a lot of runs. I looked at the Pirates team total. It's three and a half. You have to lay a little bit of a juice. It's probably not a bad play as well. Instead, though, I'm going first five under four and a half, minus 120. A B pick for me, a B plus pick. I can't quite get to an A pick. Knowing that we're starting off in the low 80s, it has me just a little bit concerned. It's not that 90 degree weather that we've been talking about that really makes the ball fly. But as the weather's warmed up, and it hasn't warmed up that much across the country, but as it's warmed up into these upper 70s, low 80s, we're starting to see runs really start to get a lot higher. And, and there's two kind of main explanations for that. And it doesn't matter which one's right because these are the scenarios. Either A, we're seeing some of last year's baseballs mixed in that fly a little bit better if that's possible. It doesn't matter if that's true or not because what matters is that we're seeing more runs. It could be that the weather warming up, we're seeing more runs at this new ball. We know it's a different ball from previous years. We know that it might react a little bit different to weather than previous balls. Could be a third explanation. Could be the fact that they're kind of figuring out how to handle the balls a little bit better in the humidor. I've talked about that. It doesn't really matter because whichever one of those is true, we're seeing more runs. And so I'm just a little bit hesitant knowing that we've got low 80 temperatures here in Atlanta going with an under. But in general, like I said, I really like these pitchers. Pirates offense is really bad. So first five under four and a half, I think is the right play. It's a B grade pick. Just a tiny bit hesitant with that warmth. So because of that, it's a B grade instead of an A. Eight titties to first pitch. Rangers at the White Sox. In Chicago, a little bit chilly, upper 60s to start, low 60s to close. Um, wind will be mostly across at 5 to 10 miles an hour. There's no wind effect there. A little bit of a help for the pitchers, though, being in the 60s. Glenn Otto versus Davis Martin, uh, two pitchers who I don't really like. Otto has a league average ERA, but his advanced metrics think it should be closer to five. Projects to be very mad, below average. You know, upper four ERA is the projection going forward. Davis Martin and his two outings, very mad as well. Projects worse than Otto. The math here says the Rangers have an edge on the starting pitcher. I'm not sure I buy that. Maybe a little, but the bottom line is I don't really think either team's got a good starter here. White Sox have the better offense. White Sox have the better bullpen. Model thinks the White Sox should be favored by more than they are. Minus 117 is my play on them. It's an A grade. Model thinks it should be minus 136. That's about a 57% win probability. And again, as we're always talking about, you start off at 53% for being the home team as long as the Rockies aren't involved. And the model then says give an extra 4% for the fact that the White Sox have a better offense and better bullpen. I think that makes sense. I think White Sox at 57% is pretty accurate. 
minus 117 would imply that the only edge that the White Sox are getting are is home field and that they are these two teams are equal otherwise. And that just blows my mind. There's no way that that's accurate. Um, as wonky as LaRusa is managing this team, and obviously back the White Sox at your own peril because you never know when he's going to decide to walk a hitter on a one-two count. You never know when he's going to decide to hang his pitcher out to dry. Now, thankfully, he maybe gave Cease a long rope. He won't give Davis Martin that long of a rope, I hope. Um, you just never know with that guy. So, I mean, there's there's a little bit of peril if he might do something that just drives you crazy. But bottom line is that there's no way that you can convince me that even if the Rangers have a little bit of an edge with the starting pitcher here today, that these two teams on the whole are equal and that the only edge the White Sox should be getting is home field. They should be favored by more than that. Minus 117 on the White Sox, a great pick for me. This number makes no sense. Take advantage of these good odds. Back the White Sox here, a great pick there in Chicago. 18 Eastern first pitch, raise at the Twins. Nice night in Minnesota, upper 70s to start, about 70 to close. Wind staying under five miles an hour. Shouldn't be much of an effect there. Drew Rasmussen versus Devin Smeltzer. Rasmussen's a pitcher y'all know I like a lot. A three ERA, advanced metrics think it should be a tiny bit higher than that. Projects even a little bit worse than that, but I, I mean, I, he's still a good pitcher. Um, even if he doesn't finish the year with a three ERA, he's still a good pitcher. Probably that's more likely to be in the mid-upper threes by the end of the season. That's still a solid season, a good pitcher here. And Rasmussen, one I like, one that's been undervalued for the most part in his uh, starting pitcher career here with the Rays the last uh, about a year or so, last half of last season, and then now this season. Devin Smeltzer, fantastic results so far in his five games, a sub-2 ERA, but advanced metrics think that should be in the low fours. Advanced metrics are basically league average. His projection is actually a little bit worse than that. A pitcher who I don't think is real. I think it's all smoke and mirrors. Model says Rays minus 110. I'm backing the Rays at minus 107. A slight edge here, just a B-grade pick. It's all about the number on this one. If that number falls and you can get a number like Rays, you know, minus 101, 102 in that range, that becomes more of an A-grade pick for me, that extra value that you're getting. I'm comfortable playing it up to about minus 110, minus 111, you know, that sort of low one teens. If you get that to about minus 115, you've lost all the value. And I think the Rays are more likely to win this game than not. I think they have a huge edge in the starting pitcher department. I think it might actually even be bigger than the sheet indicates. Offensive-wise, offensively, these two teams are about equal. Bullpens are about equal. It's really just about the fact that I really like the starting pitcher mismatch. You could also look at the first five, but I don't think the odds are necessarily any better for you. I'd rather enter into a market with lower juice, that's the full game market than the first five market. So I don't see any reason to go first five, even though I think the edge is most is solely in the fact that the Rays have a starting pitcher that is much better. So I'm on the Rays here at minus 107. It's a B great pick for me. I think they're the right side, just not enough value to get it to an A pick, in my opinion. It's Eastern first pitch. Marlins at the Astros, two pitchers who y'all know I love, Pablo Lopez and Luis Garcia. I don't know what else there's to say about Pablo. 218 ERA. Advanced metrics think it should be in the low threes, which is very, very good. Projects to be a very good pitcher. The model might even be a little short on projecting how good he is. I really like Pablo. I love backing him in one, one way or the other, whether it's backing this team to win or backing it under when he's involved or taking the opposing team team total under. I like Pablo a lot. I like Luis Garcia as well, a, a pitcher who's definitely outperformed his metrics. He projects to be just a little better than average, but his results have been better than that. 
I'm not sure where the truth is on this guy. Again, we're to that point of the season where it's kind of hard to tell, and you're kind of starting to figure out what you think about these pitchers. And the answer to some of these questions tell informs you how you should make bets. So I'm trying to give you all of this information so that you can answer the questions yourself and then decide what you like based off of if you have a higher opinion or a lower opinion of a guy than I do, that kind of tells you how you how maybe how you feel about it, right? So I'm trying to help you answer those questions. Garcia's had great results. His advanced metrics and projection are both just barely better than league average, not as good as that three ERA. I personally think the truth's kind of somewhere in between. I don't think he's going to finish with a three ERA, but the projection at more like four, I think is a little high. I think he's kind of a mid three, upper three ERA type guy. That'd be my personal projection on him, how I'm viewing it. Model says Astros minus 147. Not enough of an edge to back the Astros at minus 149. That's too steep of a price, and it's too steep of a price against Pablo as well. But Marlins plus 138, as much as I like Pablo going on the road to face a really good Astros team, is just not enough value. So I'm staying away from the side. Instead, I'm going to go first five under four. A great pick for me. We have to lay a tiny bit of juice here at minus 115, but I'm very comfortable laying a little bit of a price here to get that push protection. I love Pablo as good as the Astros offense is. I think they're going to have more success once he's out of the game. This Astros offense can really work counts, drive those that pitch count up and get pitchers out of the game. I think that's what happens here tonight. I don't see Pablo getting past six. And I think that's where the Astros are going to have their edge when they get to a bullpen for the Marlins. A bullpen that I think is solid, has some depth, but doesn't have a lot of high-end guys. The Astros are going to be able to get a couple of runs off the Marlins relievers. But I think Pablo can go five or six. I don't think they score much off of him. Luis Garcia, again, a pitcher I really like. I think he could hold the Marlins down early. I really like the first five under four because, like I said, I think the Astros score off the Marlins relievers. And the Astros relievers, I don't really know. They've got some guys at the top that are really good. The back end of those guys, I don't trust at all. And so it's a situation where if you end up in the seventh inning and the Marlins are up, three to nothing and the Astros decide to throw some of their weaker arms. Well, the Marlins could end up scoring, you know, could end up winning this game like, you know, eight to two. If it's a situation where the Astros are up three to nothing, then they throw their better arms. I think they win five zip. So that full game total is just one that I'd rather stay away from because I don't know who's pitching for the Astros. And again, I think the Astros have a little bit of an edge offensively against the Marlins relievers. So I'm isolating the first five, under four, minus 115, a great pick for me. I really like this one. I think it'll be quick and low scoring early on, and then who knows what happens, but we won't have to care because we will already have our money. Late game for you here, 10-10 Eastern first pitch, Red Sox at the Mariners. Rich Hill versus Marco Gonzalez. Let me tell you all two pitchers I do not trust whatsoever. Rich Hill has a 440 ERA this year, and his advanced metrics um, kind of aligned with that, but again, a 440 ERA – isn't good his projections actually a little bit worse partially due to his age partially due to previous seasons i don't trust rich hill at all we talked about him previously he had some ups and downs he had a couple starts where he looked good and i was kind of like hey maybe we should trust him maybe and then we were kind of asking that question and then he had a couple more bad outings he's like no i think we know the answer to that question doesn't mean he won't go out and pitch well you know he still has it every once in a while he, he kind of can still find it but on the whole a pitcher I don't think is very good. Marco Gonzalez, a guy, really do not trust him. He's got that 359 ERA, but his advanced metrics say it should be in the low fives. And that's about where his projection is. I don't trust either pitcher. I don't really trust either bullpen. 
And both of these offenses are above average over eight. This number is a gift. We're having to lay a little bit of juice here. And I'm perfectly fine doing that because that push protection that we're getting on the number eight. A great pick for me. This number should be nine, in my opinion. Even eight and a half, I'm going over. The number should be nine because nine is a very likely outcome for the number of runs in this game. Um, I think the number should be nine in that way. If we go over, then we only then we only push it. That it's eight blows my mind. Minus 125, it's a little bit of juice, but it's worth it. I love over eight with the juice. I love over eight and a half. You should be looking around even money, maybe minus 105. Over in this one, I don't trust either pitcher. I don't really trust either bullpen, and both offenses are above average. I think there's a lot of runs out there in Seattle tonight. And that takes us to extra innings. All of these games are either don't have a line, I'm waiting on something, or are leans. Start off with the Blue Jays and Tigers. Low 70s to start, upper 60s to close. Winds blowing in. Jose Barrios versus Elvin Rodriguez. Barrios, not as bad as his ERA, but I've talked about this before. Just a league average pitcher. Advanced metrics projection all line up there. Don't be fooled by the name, by the prospect hype. By a couple years past, he was pretty good. Just an average pitcher here for Toronto. Elvin Rodriguez, bad 10-13 ERA, not that bad, but still very bad. Model says Blue Jays minus 186. I'm taking the Tigers plus 190, just a little bit of value there, just a lean. I don't think the Tigers win this game. I think the Tigers win this game enough at these odds that it's worthwhile. Total is nine. Winds blowing in, colder weather. In general, I would say I like over going against these pitchers. Weather-wise, kind of contradicts it so i'm staying away from the total it's a value play on the tigers at plus 190 just because the odds are high if the odds keep creeping up again you just it's, you got value it's just about the fact that you, it, this is and maybe this is the thing i want to summarize in this game that i want you on here laying a price like minus 210 on jose barrios on the road is not a recipe for long-term success and that does not mean the blue jays won't win this game i think i have the blue jays winning this 65 percent of the time just make sure we understand a 65% winner at minus 210 odds is a long-term losing bet. I just think the price is way too high because Barrios isn't that good on the road. They probably win, but those odds are awful. So I'm going to take the value of the Tigers plus 190 just to lean them. 18 Eastern Orioles at the Royals. That was a bad game last night. I think it'll be another bad one tonight. At least the weather will be nice. Upper 70s to start, low 70s to close. No wind to speak of. Bruce Zimmerman versus John Heasley. Two pitchers I do not trust. Um, Zimmerman's, I guess, the better of the two by default because Heasley is awful. Um, model says Royals minus 108, so I'll take the Royals minus 101. Uh, just for one unit, though, because John Heasley is so awful. Again, I don't recommend watching this game. I will not be seeing one second of this game um, unless every other game for some reason gets rained out, which isn't going to happen. But, you know, if, if some weird act of God were to happen and this was the only game on tonight, I'd watch it. But otherwise, <laughs> it's just going to be some brutal baseball. I'm trusting the model and saying that the Royals should be slight favorites, so minus 101 offers value. But I can't have any confidence backing the Royals. I can't have any confidence backing John Heasley, so it's not a pick I really like that much. Reds at the Cardinals, mid-70s to start, low-70s to close, no wind to speak of. Maybe some rain in the area, but probably won't affect things too much. Luis Castillo versus a bullpen game for the Cardinals with Andre Pallante. Might go two or three innings. That isn't expected to go too deep. 
Uh, of course, unless he gets rolling, right? But you know, there's, there's a world where he throws one inning. There's a world where he throws maybe three or four. Uh, but we'll get to the bullpen quickly there. Castillo up and down uh, in his first couple of starts, but has nicely leveled off in these six games. Uh, mid three ERA, advanced metrics a little bit better than that. A good pitcher. Not much to say about him other than um, one of the few remaining trade chips that the Reds have yet to offload. Model says Cardinals minus 130. I'll take a lean on the Reds at plus 131. All about the number here. If you were able to get upper plus 130s, maybe in the plus 140, that's a B pick on the Reds because I think there's great value. If it gets even higher, at some point it becomes an A pick just based off the value. I think the Cardinals should be favored. Um, it's just that Castillo is so good, and we're going to a Cardinal. Whatever we have for the Cardinals would be average. Palante is just probably pretty average. Good results so far, but I don't trust that he's going to be able to replicate that You know, over five innings tonight. Go to a bullpen. The Cardinals bullpen is pretty average. So it's a situation where, you know, the Cardinals offense is better than the Reds offense. Don't get me wrong. Their bullpen's a little better. But Castillo is such a good pitcher against the bullpen game for the Cardinals. Um, I don't think the Cardinals should be favored by that much. So plus 131 offers a tiny bit of value on the Reds. So I'll take them with a lean. But as the number, you know, depending on what the number does, it's a situation where the grade of the play is really dependent on just what value you can get. That can Castillo at plus odds. It's never a bad idea. The guy can win the game for you by himself. Then for Eastern first pitch, Rockies at the Padres. Nice night in San Diego. Start off about 70 degrees, mid-60s to close, no wind to speak of. Chad Kuehl versus Joe Musgrove. Musgrove's advanced metrics, very good. Not quite as good as that 164 ERA, but a great pitcher. Projects really well. Not much to say about him at this point. We know what we're getting, and it's a good outing. Uh, had a great start to the season so far. Kuehl, good numbers, advanced metrics and projection, not quite as friendly Kuhl's a pitcher who I've really liked the way he's looked at Coors, and I think that might be the biggest advantage of backing him is when they're at home. He seems to, the way he pitches, seems to work okay there, and that's something that not many pitchers can say. On the road, I think it's a little bit, he kind of loses that edge. Obviously, there's a huge starting pitcher mismatch in this game. Model says Padres minus 251. I'll take the Padres minus 248 just because a lean, just because there's a tiny bit of value. If this number gets any higher, it's a complete stay away at these odds. It's just I'll drop a unit on the Padres simply because the num- model says the number should be higher. And so long term, this is a play that's going to help us out. But again, once you get much past minus 250, there's no value. I think the Rockies on the road, even though they got the job done yesterday, I think aren't a very good team. Padres just much better in every aspect of the game tonight and at home. If this number comes down, I'm comfortable with that second unit on it, up to a B pick. But, I mean, it, it needs to drop into the minus 230s for that to happen. So you just never know what will happen with the number. If this turns out and by the end of the night the Padres are minus 300, I'd say there's value on the Rockies. So it just depends. Sometimes with these big favorites, we've seen some really drastic line moves. So as of this morning at minus 248, I think the Padres are a solid play, but only a lean because it's just it's already having to wager two and a half units just to win one. So it's not one I want to invest too much in on that one. A run line, usually I'd go run line here, but in San Diego with a total of seven and a half, but the home team, I don't really like that either. So not much to like about that one, where it's priced personally right now. Who knows if that'll change? 935 Eastern, Mets at the Angels, mid-70s to start in Anaheim, upper 60s to finish. As we're always saying in Anaheim, seems like there's a slight breeze out to left center. Closer to 10 miles an hour to start the game, more like five at the end of the game. So, again, if there's runs, it'll be more likely to happen early rather than later based off of the environment, not, of course, based on the bullpens. 
Projected pitchers, Tyler McGill versus Jonathan Diaz. McGill making his return, a guy who I've really liked to back. The model is dinging his projection a little bit based off of the lack of a track record and the lack of depth on innings. He's a guy who hasn't historically shown he's going to be able to go six or seven. And so because of that, he's getting a little bit of a ding. But rate-wise, Miguel is a fantastic pitcher, and the Mets bullpen's pretty solid. So there's a lot to like there on the Mets. Diaz, great rate stats so far. The model doesn't quite believe in it just yet. Obviously, only three games so far this season. Assuming it is these two pitchers, it hasn't been confirmed. There's no number out as of the time of this recording. The model says Mets minus 115. Still with Trout being the question mark, that's the biggest thing. It's minus 115, and this is kind of – this is with Trout being 50-50. If Trout plays, it's a different story than if he doesn't play, especially with how top-heavy that offense is. If Trout isn't playing, I really think the Mets should be a bigger favorite than that. If he is playing, maybe drop him maybe more like to minus 110. Um, but if Trout's out, the Mets should be more like minus 120, maybe even minus 125. Obviously, he is a big deal to that team, offensively and defensively. Still a very good outfielder. And the last one, Dodgers, the Giants, 10-15 Eastern, first pitch. Chilly night in San Francisco. The upper 60s to start, low 60s to close. Walker Bueller versus Jacob Junis. I do not trust either one of these pitchers. Bueller is just very average at this point. Um, I mean, maybe slightly a little better than average, but, I mean, he's not – appearing to be that pitcher that we thought he might be. Um, he's got some work to do to figure out what pitches are working for him and whatnot. And at this point, he's got enough talent to get by and be decent. Um, but, I mean, his 384 ERA, his advanced metrics say that's very accurate. His projection's a tiny bit higher than that. I mean, not – again, it's not, it's not that he's bad. He's still above average. It's just not that pitcher that – we're used to thinking of when we hear his name. Jacob Junis, a pitcher I also don't trust. Great results this year with a two-and-a-half ERA, but his advanced metrics are a full run higher than that. And his projection based off years past is also not very good. Total I saw was eight this morning. Jumped up to eight-and-a-half real quick. I really love over eight. Over eight's an A play. It's at eight-and-a-half right now. Right now there's no other markets out. The only one that's out is the money line and the total. I want to look at... Uh, team totals on this one. Just want to see what those numbers and odds are before making an official play. So I'm waiting to see what the team totals are. I want to go over somehow. A lot just depends on what the number and what the odds are. I want to fade both of these pitchers in one way, shape, or form. But the question is, is the number profitable to fade both or do I want to isolate one because I think there's more value going with either. I could go either Dodgers team total or Giants team total over. I have a little bit of a fear with the Giants offense. They project to be slightly below average. They've started off the season great, but we've seen these last two games, the Rockies on the road be able to hold them down. A little bit concerning. They're still lacking, of course, Belt, who's on his way back soon. Um, the, the Giants offense is just a little bit of a roller coaster ride. So I'd probably be more likely to take the Dodgers team total over. But again, I don't mind fading Bueller at all because I still think he's getting a little bit too much respect. So anyway, I just want to see what the team totals are. I think there will be some runs there tonight in San Francisco. Just got to figure out what is the best investment. When all that comes out, I will make a pick and tweet it out. And of course, I'll make a pick and tweet out the Mets Angels one as well. And that's all I've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder, check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more 
at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.